right, today, special guest on the Win Daily Show, we have AJ Vaynerchuk, co-founder of Vayner Sports and Vayner Media. AJ, how you doing today, man? I'm doing well, Michael. How about yourself? It's a good day to be alive. It's a little boring, but it's a good day yeah. to be alive, and I get to talk to people like you, so I guess it could be way worse, right? Awesome, man. I appreciate that. That's nice of you to say. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. So first question I have for you is, what's the mindset that you employ to make sure that you are winning every single day? It's a great question. Um, I think the biggest thing is perspective. Um, you know, I, I'm a big fan of trying to almost have like that outer body experience of analyzing yourself as you would analyze others and other situations. You know, even just today I was thinking, you know, obviously I think everybody in this quarantine has some low moments of, of frustration and, and exhaustion over just the whole process. And again, I, I kind of was like grabbing a glass of water and walking into uh, my sunroom where I, I kind of set up this temporary home office. And I, I say, you know what, honestly, like it could be so much worse. You know, if I was, you know, still, I'm lucky I'm in the suburbs. I've got a home, I've got a backyard. I could go out for walks with the dog and not be worried about, you know, in, Whereas in the city, much closer together and even the sunroom office, I have two small kids, but this little spot is out of the way enough where I can focus and get work done. And so just um, being grateful, having perspective. And then also, um, I think there's a certain aspect of just ambition and competitive fire in me, right? I think um, something I talked to Gary, my brother, a lot about and others about is that it would have been easy for me to kind of get complacent after what Gary and I were able to accomplish in my first uh, act of my career with VaynerMedia. Um, but I think just the competitive spirit of what I like, I want to win badly in playing any card game, board game, let alone business. And so I think that combination of competitive fire, perspective and gratefulness is a great combo and, and one I try to employ. That is absolutely a great combination. And I think that it's very important. Perspective is huge. And I think a lot of people lose that. Um, but I think it's kind of for lack of a better term, I think a lot of people are starting to take advantage of this, you know, downtime, quarantine time, yep. whatever you want to call it, and really gain that perspective. Because as you said, it could be so, so, so much worse. And even for people in very bad situations, it could be worse. So it's always nice yep. to remember. And as you said, be very grateful for what we have. And I'm hoping, I'm very much hoping that when people do come out of that, the gratefulness sticks around and that positivity and that perspective sticks around, um, you know, and not to bring up another terrible time in New York City, but with 9-11. That was something everyone was in New Yorker after 9-11. And I'm hoping you yeah. know, this, everybody is on planet Earth for this. And it's something that yeah. it's, it's, it's hard, but hopefully we can I, get through it. I think and I hope, you know, outside of those that were impacted, and unfortunately, every day that goes by, there's more and more people being impacted, right? And it started off where my impact that I received was I didn't know anybody impacted by Corona. And then I knew like a distant work acquaintance. And then one of my friends got it. And then a you know, maybe not a close friend, but a friend of mine had a parent pass away. It's like one of those things where it's unfortunately every day that goes by, we're being impacted. And obviously those that are losing direct family members are impacted far more than someone like me. But after that, for those that weren't so drastically impacted, which should ideally, if things calm down, be 90 plus percent of the population, I'm hopeful that there are things that we take from this time that actually help make future life better, right? Whether it's um, more individuals being more open to the idea of remote work and the balance of remote work and in-person in work. Uh, for me personally, I reconnected with some friends because I'm jumping on Xbox Live in a world where I didn't have time to play video games, right? And things like that. And so I'm just hopeful that we can take this terrible, terrible, terrible period and at least 
garner some positives moving forward from it. Completely agree. That's how we try and live here every day. Uh, positivity because negativity is not going to get you anywhere. So uh, obviously, nope. you know, thank you so much for that. that. That's always nice just to kind of get that out of the way and get people to understand where we're all coming from. And again, it's an awful situation, but we do what we can every day, as I said, to just try and get those wins, get in the win column. So in 2016, I remember when, you know, Gary posted up that you guys were getting into the sports business and that you were, you know, leaving VaynerMedia for lack of a better term, really, you know, going headstrong into this. Why was 2016 the right time for you and for him to say, okay, let's see what's going to happen over here with sports and athlete representation? It was, it was primarily driven by my own desire for what I wanted my career to look like. Um, a big aspect of me leaving was I felt that if I didn't leave then, I may never leave. And it wasn't that I was unhappy. Uh, and a not often told aspect of this story is that I gave Gary – you know, as far as notice goes, more than 12 months notice. So I actually came to Gary and said, hey, I need to leave, but I'm not going to leave tomorrow. I'm not going to leave in 30 days or whatever. Like, I'm going to leave when it's okay for me to leave. So it took over a year for us to hire my replacement, set up the infrastructure, feel comfortable that the time was right. Uh, but I knew I wanted to leave. And a big reason I wanted to leave was that I wanted to, I aspired to identify a career that I was in more control of, that had more flexibility to accommodate some of the health issues that I face in regards to my Crohn's disease. And I also wanted to blend business and sports as much as possible because those are my two biggest passions. And so um, that's why the timing was right. It was, it was good timing for me to leave because Gary and I had done what we needed to do to get it set to the right place. Uh, I took a little bit of time off. I took four months off. The original plan was actually 12 months, but I was only able to take four out of my own uh, desire to jump back into things. And um, I also felt that the athlete representation industry needed a shakeup. It needed some uh, injection of fresh blood and a, a unique perspective. And that was another aspect that made it uh, enticing. A Vaynerchuk not being able to take time off work, man. I've never heard. <laughs> hey, such I took a four months. I took <laughs> no. four months and it was a great four months. I'm sure. I'm um, sure. But it was also clear to me that I was ready. I found what I was looking for. and was ready to roll. Of course, man. I'm just busting chops. It's too funny. <laughs> Obviously, you know, been following your brother for a long time. Once he started tagging you and everything, been following you for a long time too. And just seeing the amount of work and effort and energy you guys put into your daily life. Um, it's, it's incredible. And, you know, I know a lot of people that, including myself that aspire to be like you guys one of these days, so hopefully, Thank you know, you. me spending 20, 30 minutes with you today, I get a little bit of that magic to rub off. I appreciate um, that. Thank if you. I, if I didn't already through, uh, through the high school grapevines, but, uh, <laughs> gotta, gotta love that a little bit. And so what exactly, you know, as you said, you, you wanted to inject life, you wanted to inject fresh blood and energy. What, what was the sport? What was that market lacking that you thought and you and your brother at least came together? Yeah. However, that part of it worked. What did you guys think you could bring? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is when you look at the most established players and the most successful players in the athlete representation space with football specifically, um, they, the football aspect is first and foremost. And obviously the contract is the lion's share of the income that a player will most likely receive. But we felt that the industry as a whole almost was complacent with what their role and responsibility was. And I feel like athletes have evolved as individuals. Uh, a large reason for that is things like social media, exposing them to things that are uh, more important, more advantageous for their career. I think there was athletes that really set the trend of business and entrepreneurship and investing being the cool thing to do as an athlete, which was huge. And I just don't think that the existing representation had molded and had adjusted to the wants and needs and desires of the modern day athlete. And then 
what also drove us to it was that Gary and I, through our investing background prior to VaynerSports existing, had interactions and shared investments and had dinner table conversations with existing successful athletes that were doing this on their own without any support from their most trusted business advisor. And so I thought that, hey, I'm already having these conversations with um, not really many NFL players, but NBA players. I see that they are they have a desire for this. Their representation and their most trusted business advisor is lacking this in arena. I can actually jump in from an outside perspective and bring this experience and success that athletes respect right away and then add in the football contract and football advisory side. And then also VaynerMedia's unique background with marketing and endorsements and take those three things, blend them together and create a brand new offering that didn't exist in the market. And that, 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 that's a really interesting part to me. I had that a little bit further down in my notes, but I guess, you know, we could touch upon it now just with what VaynerMedia and you guys were able to build, as you said, with the endorsements, with the brands and understanding, as you said, what these athletes are trying to do and who they're trying to be, you know, the average football career is what, two and a half years, three years, whatever yeah, it is, if you're yeah, lucky. Yeah, um, yeah. Understanding that even though they only get three years, it's three years they're in front of a lot of people and being able to take advantage of that side. So how were you able to, bring in those brands from VaynerMedia without making it, um, what's the word I'm looking for, too obvious or, or making it yeah. look like a proprietary, I can't think of the exact word. but I No, think I understand you know what you're saying. saying. And, yeah. and honestly, I, I think most people probably think or thought that we leveraged VaynerMedia brands more than we actually did. Um, because at the end of the day, we're church and state. VaynerMedia has a fiduciary duty to their clients and Banner Sports has a fiduciary duty to our clients. And so really, we only collaborate when those two things align. And for some of our brands, you know, the biggest brands in the world, we don't have, there's only, for some of our Banner Media brands, there's only five to seven NFL players that they would consider endorsing. And so if Banner Sports doesn't represent one of those five to seven, it doesn't happen. Um, but what I think has also been a big benefit that we've been able to do is uh, using Super Bowl as an example. Vayner Media, Vayner X, Vayner Media, and 1:37 p.m. One of the media properties that Vayner X owns um, put on a celebrity karaoke private event down in Miami uh, in partnership with Dwayne Wade. A real advantage for the Vayner sports clients is that they had VIP access to this event with not just celebrities but high-ranking corporate executives, sponsors, um, things in Hollywood, music. Like Gary sits at the epicenter of um, culture in a lot of ways and so our players get to tap into that network in a big way and so it, it honestly is a little bit less Vayner media and a little bit more the Vayner chucks and the ecosystem I mean, I think that again just taking advantage of it for lack of a better term is is something you have to do and that's like such I don't want to say it makes it an easier sell to these athletes because I'm sure there's a lot of hard work that goes into it but yeah. just giving them that understanding I mean you know you have the CAA model where it's it's similar but it's not the same thing right like they right. have their athlete representation and they have their brand consulting and they have all these other things what what exactly are you guys doing different from that model that's kind of existed yeah. for however long at this point Yeah I think probably the biggest and this is not the most obvious answer, but the biggest difference of why this works so well for us is that we're privately held. And Gary and I, at the end of the day, are the largest shareholders in both corporations and are the ultimate decision makers at the end. And so what happens with some of these larger companies that have foreign investment or if they're public, you know, they have these parameters and this red tape and this corporate structure that they need to adhere to. Whereas we have the autonomy to do what's fundamentally right, not what 
is within the parameters of our red tape and our foreign investors. That's the biggest thing. That's awesome. That's great to know. See, I didn't, um, you know, I had an idea of what the answer was, but I don't think it was quite mm-hmm. that. So uh, that, thank you for, for getting into that. So now let's, let's kind of take a step back a second. So you, you focus mostly on football. And one thing that we've seen just kind of the general public is basketball players are the biggest yeah. out there and in investing. And obviously there's football players that do it too. But I mean, you have Kevin yeah. Durant, obviously you have LeBron James. I mean, D'Angelo Russell has his own clothing line. Mm-hmm. So how are you trying to take football athletes and kind of bring them to the forefront of a lot of these deals where most of the time we've just been seeing basketball athletes. Yeah. You know, I think, I think it's one of those things where the biggest reason for that, my iPhone getting shaky on my stand, I hit something. Um, Oh man, one sec. All right. I'm going crooked for the rest of this interview. Incredible. Uh, So yeah, my computer audio uh, microphone is no longer working. So we're going phone. Um, I honestly think there's a lot more football players that are partaking in this, but what's happening is with basketball, you are one of five people on the court. I've got my picks. You're one of five people on the court, right? And you're playing offense and defense. Whereas in football, you're one of 11 on the field. You're only on the field at certain times. You're wearing helmets. So I just think the reason why basketball gets a lot of credit for this type of activity is because they're just more recognizable individuals and thus media outlets want to write about them more. Um, the problem is if you're a, a strong safety for the Browns, right? You're just, you just don't have the, and I don't even know who the current strong safety for the Browns is. I'm not one of my clients. Uh, you just don't have the media appeal to show up in an article the same way D'Angelo Russell does, right? There's plenty of football players that are more successful than D'Angelo Russell and nothing against D'Angelo Russell, but he's just more recognizable because of the context and the framework of basketball versus football. And that's interesting too. I mean, that is always one thing that you hear and see is with basketball players, as you said, you're one of five, you're not one of 11 and you're on the court for the whole time, you know, however long you're on, you know, an average of 30 minutes a game you're playing that whole time too and you're seeing it. So I think that's right. a really interesting way of looking at it that media wants to pay more attention to these guys because their right. faces are much more recognizable. That's why you always exactly. hear about football players going places and spending so much money because they want to get that feeling of, oh, people do know who yep. I am. So that's always yep. interesting to me. And how, how, were, how have you been able to go in and start attracting clients? And how did you go in? I know Kyle Allen was one of the, at least the bigger names that I remember uh, for when mm-hmm. you guys started, obviously Braxton Miller as well. How did you go about, you know, finding these guys, giving them the understanding that, hey, even though we're just starting to do this, we really do believe we can set you up better long-term than just this initial first contract or the second one after that? Yeah, I think for a lot of our clientele, um, it's, it's a network thing, right? Where we are getting introduced to players through um, existing people in our ecosystem to have an attachment or a tie to that player. So that was a big one, right? If you look at some of our best and, and strongest, earliest clients, it was a referral basis of somebody that we knew in the world of business that was in our ecosystem and our sphere, and we're able to make a warm intro. Um, there is a significant portion of our client roster that comes from the cold call, believe it or not. Um, you know, it's one of these businesses where um, cold calling does, you know, it's one of, it, it, it was hard for me to believe at first, but it is something that can be effective. It's obviously not the most effective way. And in an ideal world, five, six, seven years down the line, we're not relying on cold call as much. Um, and then another big piece is that Gary has a large following and we actually have had players. We've had numerous sit downs with players that literally just DM my brother and said, Hey, I want to learn more about Vayner sports. I'm thinking about leaving my agent. Can we talk? Um, and so that's another piece of it. 
And that's, that's actually really funny. Uh, people just reaching out to your brother, DMing him. I mean, Hey, yep. if, if you can, you know, you got it flaunt it. And obviously Gary's been pretty darn good at that. So it's, it's obviously a real advantage for us is that, you know, every day that goes by, it becomes more and more well-known and more established. And so uh, it plays a part in what we do because it's a reputation business, right? It's a service-based business. And a lot of it's on reputation and capabilities of the individuals. And so if you've been following my brother's content for years and you really believe in his message, uh, it's an easy leap to make to assume that his athlete representation firm will follow those guidelines. And I love that. And again, you know, you guys have been crushing it. Every see every day, every draft class, you get more more people, you get more clients, and I think that's awesome too. And um, so so again, kind of on the you getting players and you know dealing with twenty one and twenty two year old kids, I'm sure is just an absolute blast. Sometimes I recently spoke to a friend of mine, Jake Miller, and he told me about a story of you going out to Penn State and uh, get, kind of getting blown off by a few of these guys. You making the trip, the time, yeah. and going out there. I mean, yeah, how fresh, how frustrating is that aspect of the business, knowing that you can help these clients and they, you know, they say they'll give you the time of day and then half the time, not even show up anyway. Yeah. Thankfully it's not half the time. Okay. Uh, good, I've, good, only, okay. I, I've only hyperbole, hyperbole. Off. Yeah. I've only been blown off. I would say less than 5% of the time. Thankfully. Uh, if it was half the time I might have left the industry <laughs> out of frustration. Um, you know, it's one of those things where it's, uh, I consider a situation like that getting off cheap, right? Where if, an individual is going to blow off a meeting that they previously agreed to uh, schedule with me um, and, and not show up to that. They're definitely not the type of person I want to mm-hmm. work with or work for anyway. And so if they're, you know, the sooner somebody can show me the red flag that I shouldn't work with them and they're not a fit, uh, the better for me. Right. Cause it saves me the time and energy and the money. And so uh, yeah, listen, working with 21 and 22 year old kids can be frustrating at times, but it's more rewarding than not for me. Um, something that I've really enjoyed and I only probably have a few more years to enjoy it is that I'm actually at the age that my brother was when I graduated college right around it, you know, so I'm 33. Um, and so when I graduated, so like literally right now I'm playing Gary's role as a mentorship, uh, in a mentorship capacity. And, And not to say that I'm trying to become these, you know, these kids older brother. And a lot of times they already have older brothers. Um, but it's fun for me to be on the other side of the table and to get back because for me, I would have never achieved the level of success that I would have achieved without my brother's mentorship and partnership. And so if I can give back in that regard and, and kind of take the last 11 years and understanding what I benefited from and, and recreating it and giving it back to these guys, they have such an amazing platform. You know, their, their hard work and athleticism has given them the opportunity to be an NFL player. And it's a, it's one of the biggest, most well-respected brands in this country. And it opens up doors that uh, don't stay open once you're done playing. And so uh, it's particularly right now, a really fun time for me because I can kind of recreate that role. My brother played for me. That is pretty awesome. And if there's a person that you want to recreate you personally, I'm sure you want it to be your brother. All us, out here, all of us out here in internet land, we also kind of want to recreate what your brother's been able to do a little bit too, Absolutely. Uh, to some extent. And I guess, so with, with the athlete representation brand, I recently listened to your podcast um, with Adam White on Front Office Sports. Shout out to them. Incredible group of guys over there and girls. They're, they're fantastic. And, and you had a really funny quote in there just talking about like, so the lion's share of what you were talking about before, the agent, you know, what they mostly are there to do is this contract. And they make it sound yeah. like it's this, this impossible puzzle to put together. And even you said, you're like, it's kind of rudimentary. Maybe I'm, I'm kind of putting your words in your mouth. But yeah, how no. have you been able to handle that aspect of the business, learn it, and then also, again, throw on top of that marketing and that social media to really, again, get these athletes to understand how much more you guys are capable of helping them? 
Yeah, I think it's interesting. Um, transparently, the contract aspect of negotiating with an NFL team is not difficult. Um, the best way I compare it is that I have clients, I had clients at VaynerMedia that I negotiated against and with that all 32 NFL teams combined times two were not of the size, market cap, and magnitude of that client. And so that's first and foremost, and it's something that I, I make sure to kind of give these uh, prospective clients and their families context and understanding of like, hey, you think this $2 billion franchise is the big bad wolf, you got to go see what a Fortune 50 company looks like and how they operate and the level of sophistication and resources they have. Uh, that being said, it's definitely a track record business. And I think something that has handicapped us and made it hard for certain clients to go with us is the fact that we've only been around for a few years and we don't have records and records and records of completed contracts with these NFL teams. So even though I have these examples of negotiation and business outside the confines of football, there are, uh, there is a large contingent of players and their families that still struggle with the notion of a lack of track record of working with these teams and getting deals done. And what does the track record look like on the marketing and social media side, especially That's with some easy. of these well, like, so with Easy. like Braxton Miller, let's say, you know, he's unfortunately not in the league anymore, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So how, how have you been able to almost create him into a case study to show, Hey, even though he's not here, we're still helping him, still helping him make money and still really yeah. expanding well, his brand. Transparently, we don't work with Braxton anymore. He made okay. a decision that he thought was necessary for his career uh, to go in another direction. Uh, I think it actually plays into what we discussed, right? Uh, he and his family felt that they needed a larger agency and, in supporting the advent of his future career, uh, football in particular. And, um, you know, he went with one of the biggest agencies in the landscape and he's still yet not in the league, right? And so I actually think, Bra and by the way, keep a good relationship with Braxton, love Braxton, no hard feelings. And I respect the rules and regulations of the NFLPA, but he still reaches out from time to time and we keep a good relationship. But in that example, um, you know, I think there was things that we were able to accomplish in the nearly two years that we did work for him. And thankfully, Braxton is a smart enough young man who's also a self-starter that even though he no longer works with us, he was able to take a lot of what we implemented and run with it. Mm -hmm. And so um, I do, I think if you ask Braxton, he would say that if his career is, is indeed over, he was best off during his time with us for what was to come. Uh, and I take pride in that. And that's fantastic. So maybe poor example on my part. So I do apologize no, it's okay. for that. Not a but, problem at all. I'm, I'm happy to talk about it. It's fantastic. I mean, I hate Ohio State. So first person hand up, I'll say. It. Well, he, I, we signed we signed two Ohio State kids for this draft class. So we're right. we're pro Ohio State. <laughs> yeah, I think you guys got a. Did you who'd you get? I don't want to say names. Got, I'll let uh, you say. Them. Austin Mack and Jordan Fuller, two players that's from Ohio incredible, State this year. Dude. Good for you, man. That's so Thanks, much fun. Man. And I guess um, I know I only have like two more minutes, so I'm going to make these yeah. two quick. One. What, so I guess, again, going back to that marketing side a little bit, what have you guys, like, wh what are some of the examples that you can show clients and say, okay, over X amount of time, this is what we've been able to do outside of football? Yeah. Um, are you saying in regards to like the Vayner world or for the players that we've done? The players that you've done on the social yeah. side and like the, the amplification of the brand. So great example is a deal that we did for our client, Derek Morgan, who's now retired. Um, Derek is vegan and we were able to get him an endorsement deal um, with a publicly traded vegan based company in which he was able to get equity before their IPO. And so that's just a great example where I think a lot of agents and agencies would have taken the cash that was offered initially, but our background and Derek's uh, willingness to be a little bit riskier and go for the larger upside allowed him to have um, a much better return than the simple transaction of cash. 
So that's a great example. Um, and in general, I think a, a theme for us has been always looking at, yes, we'll do the run of the mill standard cash related opportunities, but any chance that you're able to get equity in a company. So we've done a deal. Um, our client, Alan Robinson has equity in a beverage company. Um, we have numerous examples where there's been equity and advisory shares. You know, Braxton walked away with some equity in a, a, a kid's toy. Um, he wanted to do work. Uh, he has a young son who's awesome, Landon. He wanted to do some work that featured him and his kid doing it together. And there was actually a, um, a kid's toy company that featured um, the toy syncing to the phone via Bluetooth and the interaction and engagement being both phone and toy based. And the content was shot around Braxton playing the game and the toy with his son. He was able to get equity from that regard. It's just another example of the types of deals that we do and the fact that Braxton long after working with us and long after his active career is over has upside and opportunities for his financial success. I love it, man. And that's what we're trying to do, right? As we said, a lot of these football players, they only have a couple years in the league. So let's try and right. maximize it. And it seems like you guys are doing that. And with that regard, how excited are you for the draft? How many of you guys do you have uh, in this year's crop that you think are going to get drafted in the first few rounds or all, any of the we have, rounds? We have 13 guys uh, in this draft class. Uh, I'm not going to predict how many get drafted and where they get drafted. It's a very unique situation this mm -hmm. year. Uh, a lot yeah. has changed. Um, I think what you'll see is that guys that were in the combine have the most realistic opportunity to get drafted because um, the non-combine invites had some disadvantages from a medical clearance perspective with Corona. Uh, so from that perspective, we had seven players in the combine and I'm optimistic a high percentage of those guys get drafted. And even then, if they don't get drafted, you know, Kyle Allen wasn't drafted and he's having a you mm -hmm. know, great start to his career and will continue to have a great career. And so for us, of course we care about draft stock, but we also know that um, the draft doesn't define you and Kyle Allen, Mike Badgley, Chris Jones, we've had plenty of guys go undrafted um, or even exist. Like Keith Smith was an undrafted linebacker that converted a fullback. He just signed a multi-million dollar contract during free agency now and is going into um, I believe his sixth year or seventh year into the league. And so uh, the draft is obviously exciting and the fan in me is excited for the draft and uh, obviously it's a dream realized for a lot of these guys, but it also doesn't define them. And I'm excited for all 13 of their careers. And I'm excited to continue. Keep watching you. AJ Vaynerchuk, co-founder of Vayner Sports and Vayner Media. I appreciate your time today, man. Awesome. Thanks, Michael. I appreciate you. Take care.